G'day punters, welcome back to the mailbag. Pete Anthonis joined by Rob Scurry and a very special guest, Mark Roden, to review championships day one. It was a heavy nine, I think, officially, but it was probably worse on course. Rob, what did you expect? What did you encounter there? You turned up without a umbrella and uh, just how <laughs> soaked did you get? Uh, not not that bad. Um, I had a buddy with a kind of golf umbrella and um, shout out James. And uh, there's a spot just behind where Channel 7 record that's a bit undercover, but it's not ideal to view the horses. Um, yeah, but I was pretty dark on myself for not bringing one. I, I was looking at the bomb and they said 50% chance of over two millimetres of rain. And I looked at the radar and when I left the house and I thought, oh, it looks all right. Um, and then it just sort of just grew um, out, out of – yeah. Any, anyway, Mark, Mark um, how was your day? Uh, well, I'm glad I'm not having to rely on the punt uh, every Saturday to make <laughs> a living anymore because that would have been very, very trying. Um, yeah, it, uh, it's it's a shame because it was such a good card on paper and it's unfortunate that the weather and the track are going to be, if not the major talking points out of the meeting, at least as big as the performances of some of the horses. It must be... A, a completely different sort of feeling on, on days like those because you've, you've done the form, obviously, now with uh, one half of Ready Bet, and now you can basically just put your feet up and say, well, this is a complete car crash. I'm not going to get involved. Um, uh, that, that would have been ideal, but I'd had a, I'd had a few bets early, which I, yeah. which I could have got out of, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's look, it's certainly a day you'd rather be a bookie than a punter for sure. Ten mils of rain soft five to a heavy nine and that was very early on just watching race one they've completely come part in the field massive margins between runners throughout the day and again like with rob and i have been talking on this show the last few weeks about how some of these tempos have just been farcically slow in sydney of late there's only been two races here to the 600 which have been classified as fast tempos to punting form starter and again here we are just with some Group one races with pretty ordinary figures. Very much so. Yeah, the, the Derby in particular was as oh, you could have beaten them on foot over the back. It was. <laughs> I've seen faster run grand annual steeplechases. <laughs> yeah, thirteen and a half. I think it was a forty something. It was a fourteen something. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's, that's um, Bansdale Buddy Highway Highway Speed. <laughs> Well, I think we should probably just focus on the group ones because outside of that, there really isn't a figure on this card that is worth talking about. Um, look, Rob, you've, you've mentioned quite a lot that the two-year-olds aren't the best bunch that you've seen in history. And again, the kindergarten, which was a very slow tempo, again, uh, just hasn't posted any great figure. But we'll just give a quick word on those. All pretty even, sort of. Look, I thought I thought the the two Godolphins were maybe the best type, but I'm sort of a bit sus on the, their sort of early two year old form. So I, I let the race go. Um, Libertad coming out of a, a Wednesday maiden where it was, looked pretty impressive. It, it, it's got the job after uh, Saltier look, looked home. Um, yeah, and it, this was the first pointer that rails in run was um, you know where you wanted to be. Where I thought getting into the meeting that, you know, maybe it would be like running line or three wide line all day, but I was completely wrong on that. Um, yeah, so here's another Wednesday maiden winner that's um, stepped up to group class and won, and I think there'll be another one pretty soon. Mark, that's a good point that Rob just raised. Rail true, wet 
Randwick, it's not yeah. necessarily a disadvantage to be inside at all. In fact, we saw a number of horses try and loom up down the outside. They just seemed to peak on their runs. A few of them did manage to get through the going, but uh, yeah. certainly wasn't a disadvantage to being inside. It, it wasn't. I, I was at various uh, stages during the day trying to construct a, oh, you had to be inside sort of narrative, but that wasn't the case. Uh, looking And looking at the overall meeting data, it's not the case. Funnily enough, lane-wise, in run, it's probably even, but the Ooh. critical thing was handling it. You, you could Tracks like this, um, probably not the wettest track that's ever been, but there was something really testing and uncomfortable about it for a lot of horses. You could When you see horse, well, I think Pericles in the derby was, was an example. He looked like he was going to be in the finish all the way, and as soon as he was off the bit, he was gone. He got beaten about eight lengths. So, and that happened to a lot of horses looking like going from travelling to gone in about two strides, which suggests it was a very testing track. Staggering margins here. If we kick off in race six, the size over 1400, you've got horses here that have been beaten over 35 lengths. Um, fast tempo up front, 4.6 lengths faster to 600 on punning forms data. Uh, look, the, the winner militarized Joe Moreira, uh, just basically sat there and completely obliterated the field. Don Corleone, second, peer pressure third. Rob, if I get a bit of a word from yourself on some of these two year olds there. I was. Quite impressed with the Melbourne horses. Um, I thought uh, V8, um, you know, maybe the best type here, um, him or Don Corleone, but just a little bit soft, big, strong thing. Not not the go on the wet usually as a rule, whereas the winner would look fit as a trout um, coming out of the right races. No I didn't have a ticket on it for the punters, same with the Derby. But, yeah, Don Corleone, it was, yeah, it's a race I stayed out of. Cylinder looked looked very well. Um, looked like it come off the Golden Slipper run without any incident, but maybe it just doesn't handle the track. So I'd be forgiving. Um, yeah, well, there's this peer pressure at 150s run third, so um, probably junk form. But you know, whoever you like, maybe follow that. But Militarise obviously handles the wet well, and it's got a good wet weather jockey in Jamarera. Mark Roden, what are you doing with this race going forward? Do you just look at it and say, look, rely on the SP, or do you just put a line through it and say it's inconsistent? Yeah, I'd be more inclined to just leave it out. Militarise uh, literally could not keep up in the Golden Slipper um, <laughs> and it's come out and won this by about three. You know, it, it got brained by a cylinder uh, first up too, uh, or not, uh, not first up uh, after its Canterbury win, but, you know, cylinder's shown itself to be a class above it on better surfaces than this, and it's beaten it by seven lengths today. So I, I don't know what you'd do with it. Uh, peer pressure, I'm sorry, that was a bit of Wednesday maiden form, uh, Rob. I'm surprised you missed it. <laughs> 150. But that, it does just show you've got to – look, militarise. The, the slipper run wasn't the one to assess it off. It, it's a better horse than that. But still, it was a genuine 20 to plus, twenty to 1 plus chance, and it's one running away by about three. Uh, Don Collion's been very honest, and 151 chances run third. It just – yeah, it's hard to get involved, isn't it? It really is. Uh, look, race seven on the card, TJ, much better overall figure. In fact, it's the figure of the day. Even tempo up front, set by Nature Strip, 0.5 lengths faster to the 600. And look, I wish our wins come from last in the field and has completely obliterated them. Uh, run down, Giggy Kick, beaten it by half a length, but that overall figure is enormous. Uh, massive splits going through to 400 to the 200, 200 to the finish. Mazu was third, wet tracker, and Nature Strip held on for fourth. Um, again, big margins going back through the field. Rob, this is one of the grand final races. This is one of the races we all look forward to. How did they all parade on the day? Well, they all paraded very well, um, as you'd expect. This is a proper 
proper group one, proper world-class horses. Um, yeah, I wish I win athletic sort of type. It's not, you know, one to stand out against this lot. I thought Mazu was as good as I've seen it, so it was a bet for the service. And, you know, at the 300, I thought I was in business. I never – Gigi Kick reminded me of when it paraded before the Everest. Mm. It was it was sharp. It was pretty much perfect. Um, I just hadn't seen that much horses making up a huge amount of ground, so that, that put me off it. Um, Nature Strip booked a chance, ran in the bend. It was just flowing in its stride. Um, I think it's, it's run pretty well here. Uh, in secret, best I've seen it, that was sort of cast after the first 150 metres. Jumped too well, I thought, and then he's sort of gone, not, not gone forward, not gone back and just been five wide. It's a horse I cannot catch for the service in secret. Uh, that's five units we've lost on it while I'm on the new market without it. Um, private Eye, as good as I've seen it, he wasn't sweating. Um, maybe he doesn't like this really heavy track. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Look, Amira Mia, that, that that looked like it's best of, best I've seen it, um, and it's run really well. So, you know, I don't know what to say. They're, these are very very good horses, and um, obviously the Melbourne the Melbourne two have, have, have come out and won, and you know that's, that's all Melbourne form one two three. Markets uh, one year ago, Nature Strip on a heavy nine in the same race has performed four lengths superior. It was a faster tempo, but. He just clearly isn't able to post those same elite figures. He's still posting very good figures, don't get me wrong, but he's just not quite the same horse as what he was. No. Um, I haven't heard. Has there been an announcement as yet? There must be one looming. Um, if, I if would have thought so, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, the, I'm very glad, uh, just as a well fan of the sport, I suppose, that he went to England and did what he did, mm. but it does appear to have knocked him out. I know he won the shorts, I think it was, first up after that, but uh, his runs since then have been below par. He did have excuses in the Everest, um, admittedly, but he didn't in the champion sprint, and he hasn't here either. So I think uh, a great champion, that, that though he has been, he is coming to the end of it, unfortunately. And it just we goes can- to show, Bob, go, go for it, Rob. I think we can compare him with a, you know, I know Manicato got out to a long way and it's 40 years ago, but, you know, he was going for four TJs. I think Manicato won three William Reeds. Um, he, he's right. up there with all-time greatest sprinters. He, he sure is. He's the best this century outside of Black Caviar. Manicato won five William Reeds, Rob. <laughs> How about that? And four futurities. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, and I think it went to a mile as well, won a group one. It went to Perth, went everywhere. But good old days. Ran, ran second in an Australian Cup over 2000 to Dulcify. Wow. What a horse. Anyway, that's, that's, you know, a separate podcast from Monica. Monica <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not sure any of these are going to Perth with the exception no. of uh, Shades of Rose, I think, is locked in for the Quokka. But uh, I believe... Various connections were incredibly keen on I wish I win to head across, and I don't think that's going to happen. But how versatile is this horse? He's won a golden eagle with a really strong figure. He's now been trained for the sprint distances and was enormous first up, probably a little bit too far back there second up, and now here he is with just a dominant group one win, first time on a heavy track from what I can tell. He's met some wet tracks in, in New Zealand. I don't think he's seen anything like this and just loved the, loved the ground. Amazing. Oh, yeah. By Zava Bill, um, one available by Rehab. <laughs> Jono, Shayo, you know, at the mailbag. Maybe he's better sire than he was a, was a gallop at Zava Bill. Just unbelievably good sire. Mm. He's, he's a star, this thing. He, uh, 
Oh, the map put me off. Uh, it, it put me off on a on a dry track. To be honest, it was going to be back and wide no matter what. Um, and you've got to be good. And and the way the track appeared to be playing on Saturday, that put me off even more. And he's just overcome it. Um, maybe maybe the map wasn't as big an issue as I thought it was pre-race. But despite that, he, he's run past an absolute superstar itself in Giga Kick. These two are very very good. I know we've been we can talk about the rough results that were being thrown up on this track, but I think you can trust this. These are two. Absolute top liners. The ride on Giga Kick was absolutely sensational from Zach Burden. He just managed to just find his way more forward in run. He was making ground through the turn, just lost momentum when passive aggressive stopped in front of him. Still loomed as the winner. Um, Zach Burden, look, I'm an unabashed fan, but yeah. he, for me, yeah. is clearly the best jockey in Australia when he actually rides here. Yeah. And if he, if he moves back full time, um, we could have a real contest in Sydney on our hands. Absolutely. I'd love to see him just go toe-to-toe. I'd love to think you'd yeah. gap J-Math, but anyway, that's me. Uh, another figure we can probably trust is the Doncaster result. Race 8, Mr. Brightside, even tempo to the 600, 1.2 lengths fast. Uh, he's performed admirably, sensational figure once again. Um, look, he's held off my Oberon, which I know is potentially a little bit iffy when you look at the SP, but... That horse has produced some very strong figures overseas and Nugget's been a horse that's been improving throughout its preparation and if it had drawn a barrier, I'm sure we would have seen a, a much tighter SP there. Uh, hoping your heart, Mustang Valley, two proven heavy track performers. Rob, what did you think out of the up? Uh, this is the only winner for the service for the day. Uh, Mr. Brightside looked like he'd bounced off the run. I thought he was best in the yard. Um, Zach Purton gave it an absolute peach um, rails and run. The the second horse I saw was 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 tracking just behind it, you know, maybe a pair or two back. Looked like it was handling the going, but as you'd expect, this is a very good parade. You know, it, it's hard to sort of say this looked better than that. Uh, Mustang Valley looked like it, you know, it was held or even put on condition since when I saw it first up at Randwick. So, you know, I was half thinking about that, and then I thought, oh, it's twenty dollars, so it's it's a bit short. Mm. Um, but yeah, good, all pretty good horses here. Fangirls run well. Ozapenko's run well. I think they need a drier surface. Uh, but Mr. Brightside, you know, proper weight for age horse, two Doncaster, Zach Purton again, Pete. Exactly right. Uh, Mark, what did you think going into the race? Uh, I thought I didn't want Mr. Brightside. It was going to be a very nasty result for us over at ReadyBet. Um, and I thought for, well, he was always going to be in the finish. He was getting a lovely, lovely run. Uh, he was going to be, yeah, as I say, always going to be in the finish. And I... For about two strides, my hopes were raised by Andrew Gibbons, who you very rarely see in town on a Saturday ever, let alone in a Doncaster, uh, looming up on Nugget out in the uh, what I thought might, might then be the best ground. Uh, but he just um, peaked on it a little. Uh, he's he's a pretty good horse, Mr. Brightside, isn't he? That's two Doncasters, an all-star, and an all-star now, among other wins. Um, just, yeah, ultra-consistent. Um at what passes for Group 1 racing in Australia over the mile and beyond. Um Sounds like I'm potting him. He's not. He's as good, you know, he's in that echelon of horses in Australia. They're, they're just not world-class, in my opinion, but that's that's fine. They're, um, they'll uh, they'll absolutely fill up with a horse like him. Back-to-back wins in the same race on a heavy nine. Yep. Up, what was he, up five kilos this year? Yeah. Very good effort. Yep. Yep. Just that easy sometimes, isn't it? Um, yeah. Race nine... Yeah, look, I just don't even know how to describe this race. Uh, the Derby, 2,400. The speed to the 600, 14.4 lengths slow for the class. I'm not even sure that's a barrier trial speed. And given there was 18 horses, it's just absurdly slow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Major Beal sat there on speed and has held on from Virtuous Circle, who was trying to do everything from a really bad position, uh, coming from well and truly back in the field, as did, uh, what is it, uh, Su- Sulzuro? Are we say- is that how we're pronouncing it? With Joe Marrero on board and Sharp and Smart looked half loom down the straight and then peaked on its run. Rob, uh, look, what did you think of some of these three-year-olds? I thought that the most of them looked like Wednesday horses. <laughs> Other than um, Pericles, it looked like it had really improved, but I was sus on it getting 2,400 and in a wet track. Um, sharp and smart, I, it's the first time I've ever, ever backed it. Again, me trying to grab onto a horse that I've never backed before, I have no association with. I think you got, you got a pot Huey a little bit here. He should have just gone forward on on this. He was he got trapped and it was, it was you know, it was, it was not here, not there sort of ride. It was, it was pretty poor, I thought. Um, and, and the winner I've had in the numbers and, you know, I've just gone, oh, you potted that race the other day, at the, the Tullock, um, you know, just leave it out. But it looked like it had really improved. And guess what? It's another winner for Zavabil. You're eating your pay today, Rob. Oh, I like it. Uh, Mark? I mean, look, it, it wasn't impossible to find the winner. We were talking about it before we started and, look, there was a case to be made for the horse going up in distance and also coming out of some, like, the faster tempo races, although it had been a little bit plain, but it was a good grounding and obviously the right stable. Yeah, I mean, Derby's and Oaks's as well are interesting races because of the, quite often the unknown quantity with the, the, the trip for most of them, so... You, you can approach them in a couple of ways. You can, um, you can like back the one you think is going to stay best, or back the thing that you think is just a class above them, and yeah. it doesn't matter against three-year-olds. And <laughs> that, that was that was the case to back Pericles, right? Um, I I ended I wanted to back Pericles. I ended up not betting. The price wasn't good enough given the the track and all the unknowns. But yeah, you can see what happened to him. He he was. Always travelling. As soon as he came off the bit, he was beaten, and then he was beaten a long way. So that's that's a combination of not not seeing out the trip and not handling the track. And he's been beaten eight lengths. When you know that horse for zero, who's run third, he beat out of sight over eighteen hundred on dry at Sandown. So you know you just have to play the conditions. Uh, Major build, yeah. I, I was wanting to back him in a race like the Frank Packer Plate in a week or two over two thousand, and what I you know thought was easier grade. I thought his run in the tuck was great. He really taken on up front at a very hot speed for the class. Um, and, yeah, it just panned out perfectly for him. They've gone at a, you know, walking pace, and he was the one left in front. Uh, sharp and smart, can't take anything away from him. He was just given an impossible task. Uh, Pericles, I think, is – Pericles is the best of this lot over 2,000 on dry. I'd say that's that's the that's what I'd say about him. But um, whether he, he looks- graduates to open age, wait for age class next uh, season is, a, is another matter entirely. He looks like it too, um, Pericles. He looks. I think I said it the other day um, when it, when he got beat by Lindemann. He looks like a proper three year old. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another. The thing in the um, in the in the Oaks lead up was similar. Looked look looked like a class above, but you know, a little half soft. I'm I'm, I'm not sure if I can launch into it at even money. Mm-hmm. Um, whether the track will dry out in time, I'm not sure. And you know, I'm I'm just dirty. I, I had a you know, this is this is a Group Three race. I had a bet on Major Beal at Warwick Farm on a Wednesday, two or three starts ago. Pretty sure it was Major Beal. Yeah, yeah. Every time, every 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 year, this race comes around, and every time it's a wet track, I always think back to that episode of Rake where Doc is 
informing him that he got his house deposit by backing a 50 to one shot on a wet track on Derby day. <laughs> Plenty of opportunities there <laughs> on the weekend. Just um, gone. We should all have houses. Uh, if we only followed the great story of, uh, of rake, um, look, that's the four group ones. We've got two good figures, two ordinary figures. There's another six races on the card. Rob, did you want to follow anything going out of this meeting? No. Um, <laughs> I uh, just just a, a quick point. I mentioned a horse last week, but I didn't mention its name. But once someone on Twitter deciphered it, uh, it's called Altivo, and it ran at um, Sandown. I think yep. that's the horse to follow. Um, it's now three for three. Uh, wherever it, wherever it goes, um, I think it's going to run very well. Did you like that win, Mark? The way it floated and extended. Yeah, very very impressive. And uh, just looking on TV, looks a very nice uh, style of horse too. Yeah. Big, big boy, big game yeah. thing, just growing into himself. Yeah. Mark, for yourself, are you following anything out of this meeting? Um, I was very taken with the performance of the last winner, Graham Begg's horse, Ma- Ma- Magic Time. Yes. Um, I didn't find it at all, I must admit. Uh, they have backed it very strongly. It's short on the toes, but it was just strongly backed all the way through betting. I thought Opal Ridge was a good thing on a heavy track in this. Uh, Opal Ridge had its back more or less in the run, and this thing just ran away from it. Very impressive performance. First up um, on a wet track and showed a great turn of foot. Uh, she's pretty promising, I think. Yeah. He's a decent trainer as well, I think, Graham Beck. He is. Uh, okay. Now, looking to the week ahead, we've got Hawkesbury on Wednesday and then obviously the Championship's Day two, Queen Elizabeth, Sydney Cup, the Oaks, Queen of the Turf are your group ones. Weather-wise, ten, uh, 5 to 10 millimetres of rain today, 10 to 15 tomorrow, and then it slowly dries out getting towards the weekend. So it should be fine on Saturday, Rob. But how wet will the track be? I'm guessing it will still be soft by the looks of things. Yeah, seven or eight, I'd suggest. Um, Hawkesbury's a... Hawkesbury's a day off for me. I don't. I don't get there. Um, no. So I've got a whole week to to brew about Majorville stew. <laughs> Nothing better, is it? <laughs> in the numbers, and I didn't back it. Like. If it makes you feel any better, Rob, I've got four days to look at a mirror before I get out there for Good Friday racing at Ascot, which is one of my favourite days of the year. And typically, I have performed well, and I'm coming off the worst meeting I've had all year. So. You know, it's just nothing like a bad preparation to get you fired up for the next one. Um, Mark, is there anything you're looking forward to with the week ahead? Any of the group ones really tickle your fancy at this stage? Uh, Queen Elizabeth, definitely. Uh, Yeah, just hope it's a track that gives most of their chance on Saturday. You know, (laughs) the the early forecast is 28, 27, 28, Friday, Saturday. Look, just the next two days, how much damage is done, I think, is the key, and how much damage fouling through it on last Saturday is done to it as well. But I hope it's uh, I hope it's fair because it's, um, yeah, some good races on paper again. Every single wet meeting in Sydney, I always say the same thing to the mailbag chat room. They should race every single meeting in Sydney at Flemington. Yep, yep. The Sydney as a venue, as a city, uh, as an entity, it's just not fit for purpose for these uh, big events. Sad but true. <laughs> PBL wouldn't be pleased. But I agree. <laughs> I, the, the track is, um, yeah, is a problem. And the issues all date back to the people's trainer digging out the sand in about <laughs> 2005. <laughs> so uh, 
up yours for ruining <laughs> and ruining the great AJC Australian Jockey Club. Um, you destroyed that and the track in your time. So well done, Greasy. And on that cheerful note, we'll catch up next week and review the championships day two, guys. Thank you as always. Go well for the week ahead. Uh, we'll catch up on next Monday. Thanks, Brad. Cheers, guys. <laughs>